Welcome back to episode 15 of the NP Dude. I am Jeff, the NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice, and that is all of our voices. My voice, your voice, which means I need to hear from you. If you have questions, concerns, issues, topics that you want to hear about, just just reinforcing information you know, or, wait, I don't know what the heck I'm doing with something, I want to hear what those things are. Because guess what? That's how I learn too. So I'm using you guys as a way to reinforce what I know, and also as a way to learn a lot of new stuff. So it's purely selfish. It's all about me, right? So I just want to kind of thank everybody. I know we've had a lot of uh, contract-related and employment law-related stuff, and that's that's not really what I want to do all the time. Um, it just seems like that's where the Facebook groups have been driving it lately. Um, but I've seen a bunch of new grad questions about interviews and questions about dress attire and what they should be doing and saying and how they should act with interviews and what questions they could be asked during interviews. And, and it's very vague, and I'm seeing advice all over the place. And this is a very personal issue. So everybody's going to have their own opinion on it. So keep that in mind when you see it on Facebook, or even if you're listening to this, you're going to say, you know what, that's never worked for me, Jeff. I don't, I don't buy what you're saying. That's, I've always done it the exact opposite, and I've got every job I've ever wanted. Then great. That must be the way it works for you. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about what has worked for me getting jobs in the past. Now, if you haven't listened to my intro, go back and listen to episode one. It's a good chance for you to get an idea of who I am and what I've done. And that might give a little bit of credibility uh, for me to be able to talk about this. Not necessarily, but you know, I've been around the block. I've spent um, almost 20 years as a professional in in engineering law and um, in nursing. So that being said, it gives me a lot of perspective from other industries and how things are done in other industries that may play over and spill over into how nurse practitioners are um, uh, are hired in the hiring process for that because it's an, it's an office environment. It's the same as in engineering consulting. You're you're giving services for fee in, in one way or in another, and, and that's essentially the same thing. Uh, unlike working in a hospital. So how do you get your job, right? So that's the question. How do you get your first job as a nurse practitioner? And I have two new jo- as a new grad. I've got two jobs, so I think I've got a little bit of credibility in being able to get it. And if anybody that's listening is related to my employment, uh, hopefully I'm not stepping on toes. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not, because um, I'm not going to talk about them. But... When you're sitting there as a student or you've recently graduated and you're taking your boards and you're worried about that and you got your license and all the other headaches that you're worrying about, not only do you have to worry about that, you may be working as an RN still to keep the bills going and keep things getting paid. What the heck do you do? How do you, how do you find this job, right? You're talking to all the people you know, and you're trying to find an inn somewhere, and you know the, the, the place you want to go, they're not, there's no room for you, but they would love to have you or whatever it is. But you, you graduate and you're ready to go. Well, my recommendation is when you're in school, you want to be looking at the potential employers while you're doing your clinicals. And I talked about this uh, with finding your clinical site in early episodes of the show. And that gives you an opportunity to work behind the scenes and find out who you like. So that's one way you can do it. That's a great one to find out who, who you really would want to be working with. Um, but if that doesn't work out or it it's just doesn't seem to, to, to uh, you don't want to work there, 
then how do you do it? Well, you're going to have a couple main things that you want to have ready to rock and roll right when you graduate and you're, and you're um, starting that job search. First off is your, your, your resume. Okay, So you're going to get your resume ready. And I call it a resume because, to be perfectly blunt, nurse practitioners don't have a curriculum vitae, typically. And the difference is a curriculum vitae outlines specifically the things you do and the, the things that you have done. So the resume tells the things that you've done in general terms, where you've worked, what type of tasks you've done, maybe the types of projects or things that you've worked on, but it doesn't specifically outline the exact type of job that you did. So here's an example, a curriculum vitae in my engineering world, this is how it would be, and they were long. You would have every project that you ever worked on, and you would have the statistics for it. So say, for example, I was doing water line design, putting you know municipal water lines in. I would have all of the water line projects listed with the date, how many foot it was, what size diameter it was, and you know, all that stuff, on, on schedule, on budget, all that stuff, right? You'd all the, the information about the project. That's what a curriculum vitae. Curriculum is like your, your schedule of, right? The curriculum, vitae is life in Latin, so it's your life schedule. So it's more specific to the things that you've done. It could be also including your um, any any research articles that you've authored or co-authored and had published. You could list all those. You could do any continuing educations that you've taught. Those types of things. It could be continuing educations that you've taken as well. So a good curriculum vitae could be anywhere from 15 to 30 pages long. And it's funny because you see recruiters saying, oh, give me your CV, and, and it's like, they really just want your resume. You know, if they want your CV, great, but in reality, they want to know where you've worked and what type of, what type of uh, work it was that you were doing. How long were you there? What your license is? What your, maybe what your grades were in college or master's degree, stuff like that. So it really is... Is there is a difference, um, but it's semantics, I think, and and it's just important to note that because some people will say, well, no, I really want a curriculum vitae, and you give them your resume, and you look like an idiot um, because you don't know the difference, and that that to me is an, is an opportunity that's missed because if you say, oh, do you do you really want my full blown vitae, or do you really want a resume? And if they say, oh, no, 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 I just want a resume. Oh, okay, that saves you a ton of time because now you don't have to write up 30 pages of every single little thing you've ever done in your life. But if they really want a CV, that's a lot of work. And, it, and maybe they need it, maybe they don't. So it might be worth the question. Do you really need a CV or do you need a resume? So that being said, I'm not going to get into building resume because there is a billion things out there that provide you guidance on resumes and I, I would recommend not hiring a f person to do resumes. Send it to your professional friends and say, here, take a look at this. And, and usually in your advanced practice classes, they, they have an opportunity for you to you know, submit your resume and get comments. And then you show it to your friends and they comment. And so you just kind of tear it apart. So I'm not going to go through that. That's pretty obvious. But you're going to want to update it. And you're going to want to make sure you thoroughly think about what it was that you've done in the past but gear it more towards management related, directing the work of others. So if you worked in the hospital and you were um, you know, an RN working in oncology unit, it doesn't matter what it is, but say that's where you are, you would put managed, um, you'd put your duties, but at the end you're gonna always wanna put something like manage the work of up to three 
unit assistance and delegated as appropriate or something like that. So it just shows that you know how to tell people what to do. And, and I don't mean to be crass about that, but in reality, you need to be able to delegate to office staff. You need to be able to delegate to your MA and rely heavily on those people. And, and, and that shows that you have experience doing that. So even if you don't think you do, you probably do. You just have to kind of change your, your frame of mind. So once you get your resume all cleaned up and it's pretty and everybody's checked it and it's great, do you just put it on a regular paper? No. <laughs> you always, always, always print it on nice linen paper. That's my experience. I've gotten more jobs because of the paper quality than anything else. So, and I, and I, and, and I definitely recommend getting a hard copy of your resume so that you can physically take that in to every place that you apply online, because most of them make you apply online. You physically, if you want that job, take a hard copy in and say, to the person in the front say hey I just uh, applied for a position here and I hadn't heard anything in a couple days so I just was in the neighborhood and I wanted to drop off a hard copy of my resume for the office manager to take a look at so that way they're getting it in two different ways they're getting it in through the electronic which is probably sitting in their inbox for the last week and then that's gonna prod them to go pull it up on the computer make sure they match don't send a resume that's old through the email or bring in an old one and you send a new one through email Make sure they're exactly the same. They should match. Um, if you don't, then it just shows, unless you really had a glaring error and you want to correct it, then you could do that. But otherwise, don't add you know three other different employee, employers on there or whatever. It's just, it looks hokey. Make them match. And this is my experience as, you know, from business where I've had people giving resumes to me. If they don't match, it's going in the garbage. I'm not taking the time to read through and figure out why it's different. It's, it's going in the, in the round file, which is the garbage can. Um, so you got your printed out resume. You're going to print it out on linen paper. You're going to take it in, and you're going to hand it in to them. What are you going to do with the cover letter? Are you going to use a generic one? No. You never use a generic one. You do 10 minutes of research on the Internet, and you find out what the company is that you're sending it to, and you find out what their, their uh, philosophy is. And usually they'll have written in there... Um, under their name, they'll have um, kind of their tagline, or they'll have uh, somewhere written on their website, maybe their their company um, uh, mission statement or something like that. Read the mission statement. Use the words that they have in their mission statement. Use it in your cover letter, and tell them that's why you like the place. So that's a, that, you know that fits my philosophy perfect. Even if it doesn't, just tell them because that's what they want. You know, it shows that you're looking it up and that you know a little bit about the company. Right in the cover letter, the first couple sentences should say, hey, I appreciate the opportunity to submit a resume f for your review. I am extremely impressed with the quality of work that you do, and I f believe in the true philosophy of blah, 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 based upon your, you know, your philosophy of care, whatever it is. So that gets you kind of, you know, a little bit of points, right? This is all a little bit of points. Everybody else is going to be qualified just as much as you are. You want a couple extra little teeny points that's going to push it over the edge so that you get the interview. So you send your... your your cover letter. Do you print it out on plain white paper? No. It should match the exact type of paper that you have your resume on. It should be nice linen paper. It's only a couple bucks for like 50 sheets. And you, you know, you'd be amazed. If you guys don't believe me, anybody that's listening that knows, that knows Joe, who's supposed to be on the show sometime, Joe, you're welcome for that tidbit because he got a job because they felt the paper and said, this is nice paper. So, and I feel comfortable saying that because probably Joe's listening. Um, 
So the paper matters, right? I know it seems cheesy, but it does. The other thing that you're going to want to do is um, while you're doing all that, I say go ahead and print out your references and have at least four or five. Because sometimes they usually just want three, but I would have five. Try to make them clinical instructors or your instructors from class so it's tied to the profession that you're entering. Um, you know, you don't want grandma or someone like that, that that's going to always give you a good reference. And don't get somebody that you are going to presume will give you a good recommendation. I've made phone calls and people said, no, I don't like that guy. I wouldn't hire him. So why would you put me down as a reference if you didn't talk to me? You should always ask your references prior to putting them down. Hey, is this okay that I can put you down as a reference? Because, you know, you might be getting a phone call from XYZ company or a couple different companies. I'm applying to a bunch of places or whatever it is. Give them a heads up because that way when when they call uh, your your person, they're ready for it, right? You, the last thing you want to do is, oh, who, uh, Jeff? Who's Jeff? Uh, oh, that guy I knew once like five years ago that I forgot about. <laughs> you don't want that to happen, right? A lot can happen over a couple of years. And a name, you know, if somebody's tired or not paying attention and you didn't remind them that it's happening, you could inadvertently screw yourself with a bad reference. So are they going to use your reference right then? No, they're not going to use that till later. But I would have it ready. Just because you're printing everything out on nice paper, have it ready to go right there. So you've got your reference list. Put it in a folder and keep it on the, on a shelf for a moment. Put it in the back of your mind. So you've, you've sent your resumes. You've got someone that's interested and they say, hey, Jeff, you know, we... we we're interested in you. We want to know more about you. We'd like to schedule an interview. Okay. This is great, right? Great news. Now you start getting nervous because you're like, oh, crap. I got an interview. Now what do I do? Well, there's a couple things I'm going to recommend right off the bat that you're going to want to do because you may not have interviewed in a long time. So things things haven't changed much, but when you're at an interview, um, my recommendation is wear the nicest clothes you possibly could imagine ever having that are appropriate for the circumstances unless they tell you otherwise if they say jeff we want you to come in for an interview and wear scrubs because you know we're going to walk around the unit or walk around the facility or we're going to you know whatever but but you want to make sure that that's if they don't mention it you wear a suit period shirt and tie and jacket with a guy uh preferably a suit not just you know slacks and a jacket because that's kind of hokey um, and if you're a female, dress, skirt below the knees, uh, blouse with, with a jacket should be, should be had. So it's a suit for women or men. That's, that's my recommendation. Hose as well. You don't want to not wear a hose. You want to be as professional as you can, as, as matronly as you can look, but professional. <laughs> so no prom, old prom dresses or wedding dresses or anything like that. None of that stuff is, is appropriate. So you're never going to do that. So you, you, first thing you're doing is freaking out because you don't know, oh man, I don't know what I got to wear. Well, you're going to go in your closet. You're going to find something that you wore last time. And you're going to make sure it fits and that it's in style. If it's not in style, go buy a new suit. If it looks like a zoot suit from the 30s and you're going to get an interview, uh-uh. Time to go buy a new suit. Drop the new four or 500 bucks and get a nice suit. You're going to need it anyways. So make sure your clothes fit. Everything's good. Make sure all of it's there. Put it back in the plastic if it's in the dry cleaning stuff. And just put it right there and don't forget about it. Make sure you got everything ready. Shoes are shined. Everything's done. I don't care if this is a week in advance or if it's, you know, three weeks in advance. 
but you're going to want to make sure this is all done the moment you know you got an interview because if you need to adjust because your shoes got a hole in the bottom of them and you forgot that that was like that from eight years ago, you're going to want to go get a new pair of shoes. So make sure you don't screw yourself by wearing something that looks hokey because you last minute thought about it. So make sure your clothes are good. Then, then you're going to go ahead and you're going to sit back and be nervous, right? And say, oh, crap, let's get on Facebook and ask questions about what what they're going to ask me. What, what do I think about with the interview? Well, I'll go through that in a moment, but I'm, we're not quite to the interview. And I know this one's going to be a little bit long because I'm, I'm, I just think it's a fun topic to talk about because I've done a boatload of interviews. But you're going to want to take at least a couple days before you go to the interview if you don't know where the, the office is that you're interviewing or the facility is, you need to drive there. Don't assume that your MapQuest is going to get you there. Don't assume that you know Google Maps is going to give you the right directions. Don't assume that it's easy to find because it's in an area that you kind of know. Make sure you physically go to it, pull in the parking lot, make a mental note of what the door looks like. Just look at the place and say, is this a rundown crap hole? Do I even want to work here? So look at the neighborhood too. Drive around the neighborhood, see if it's you know this is a good neighborhood for me and wanting to be you know, spending 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week for the next forever, right? So make sure that this is the right place. It's easy to get to. Make sure there's no construction on the road. Make sure that you just you, you, the last thing you want to do is have construction to be stressed out and sweating like crazy and then running in at the last minute, a minute before you get there. Um, before your interview and you're all flustered from the drive and now you blow the interview because you're still just freaked out because of the, the drive you just had to go 100 mile an hour to get there it's not worth the stress you're going to blow your chances it's just it's little things right little little stones that help weigh in your in your favor so when you show up at your interview when do you show up that's a, a question of debate everybody's got their own preference some people say show up 20 minutes early, show up really early, some people say show up right on time, you know, what? what's the magic number? And there's none, right? Because everybody's different. But here's what my experience as an interviewer has been. If I get somebody that shows up early, like really awkwardly or early, I'm kind of pissed because I'm in the middle of something and now I got to break away because I feel like he's this person's waiting I don't want to keep them waiting, but I also have stuff to do. So now I'm like trying to hurry up and get through it, and it's in the back of my mind, right? So don't show up too early. So if your interview is at, say, you know, 1 o'clock p.m., don't show up at 1230. That's too early. Show up at, like, quarter till, 10 till. You know, plan to be there at 1230. Get in the parking lot or drive down to the, you know, to the gas station and get a get a can of Coke or something whatever but but don't show up in the office at the at the secretary's desk saying okay I'm here for my interview and it's 25 30 minutes early cuz it's just frustrating that was my experience now if you show up right on time and you're like skating in that tells me that you're a last minute kind of guy I just it's not what I'm looking for I want somebody that's going to be a little more proactive that shows up 10 15 minutes early you know and just you know small talk with the secretary or to to the to the receptionist while you're waiting, that's that just that's good business, right? Show up early. It shows that you respect the other person's time by not being right on time or a little bit late. If you're late, forget it. Do the interview, but chances are, unless they have another candidate, you're probably not gonna. They're taking pebbles off of your scale, and you're losing losing ground against the other the other people that you're competing against. So that's my recommendation on time. Get there on time, a couple minutes early. 
and that's it. That's pretty obvious, but I, don't go too early is my point. So once you get into the interview, here's what's going to happen. So you'll sit there, you'll wait. You may have to wait another 10 minutes until they come out and get you. So it might be after the time they said, but you have to be there early. That's fine. If they make it 20 minutes late, that just shows you, do they respect your time? Right? So you have to keep, keep that in mind as well. So if they don't schedule, if they, if they scheduled it at 1 and they show up at 1.30 to say, okay, come on back, and they're all stressed out and frazzled, eh, I don't know. I mean, it just it, it takes away from maybe my desire to want to work for them. If I work, have an interview with somebody that's really on the ball, that's going to be a, a decision in my, my favor. Like, uh, maybe I don't want to work there. So just pay attention to that as well. So when you get into the office and you go and you, you finally get introduced and you come on back, they're going to probably take you to the conference room. They may take you to the, the office of the, the office manager. They may take you to the physician's office or to the nurse practitioner's office that's maybe the director or senior person, and you're going to sit down. Always ask the seat. May I, may I please have the seat? If they don't say it, just ask. May I please have a seat? Yeah, sure. It just shows that you're polite. You don't just go in and sit down without being you know, told to. Usually they'll say, please have a seat, so you don't have to worry about it. But if they don't, ask. Is it okay if I have a seat? Yeah, okay. Because they may say, no, we're going to go down the hall to the conference room. Right, so just you don't want to sit down and then look like a ding dong by standing back up again. So always ask because what I, it just makes it makes it a little smoother. You're more aware of your circumstances with that. So you got that done, and then um, so you get your introductions, and then here's what I recommend: what you bring with you. When you walk into the office, you should have a a portfolio folder of some kind. It should not be a Manila. Uh, you know, open bifold piece of paper folder with your stuff in it. That looks hokey. Go down to Office Max, go to Office Depot or wherever, Walmart even, and you could buy a little like notepad binder that has um, not a three ring binder, but like just a fold open binder that's like a like a just a, a bifold that looks either leather or like a faux leather that's black, just basic, nothing hot pink or anything like that that says you know. 12-year-old trapper keeper. You can tell how old I am. And the reason that you're going to want that is because you're going to have a notepad in there. You're going to need to take some notes. And I'm going to tell you why you need to take notes. And, but you can also use that that folder to put in a couple things that you're going to want to take with you. Two, three things that you're going to want to take. One is several extra copies of your resume. On what kind of paper? Linen paper. Always linen paper. Why? Why do you have extra resumes in your, in your binder? Because I've had on numerous occasions you walk in and you're only supposed to interview with maybe two or three people, and they interview. They have, um, you know, say maybe, maybe the office manager is there but wasn't supposed to be in the interview, and maybe you've got a head nurse that's there and they want to come in the interview, and so now you have two or three extra people and they don't really know anything about you because they didn't have the opportunity to see your resume yet. You, they say, oh, well, we're here, we'll go make a copy, blah, blah, blah. And instead of doing that, you whip out your resume and you say, no, 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 I have copies here. And it's on what kind of paper? Linen paper. And you slide it over to them and say, here, I already got one ready for you. You don't need to go make a copy. So that way, number one, it shows that you're on the ball and you're saving them time. So that's that. I've done that several times and gotten jobs. I mean, just, just the way you act, you got to carry yourself. So you're using the linen paper, you're going to give it to them right there, and they're going to be, oh, okay, and then you really read through it, and they see all the crazy degrees that you have, in my case, and then um, they start typically asking questions. Well, what do they ask? Now, let's go back. What else do you have in your binder? You can have 
a copy of your cover letter that you sent them. But be careful because you might have a dozen different cover letters. The last thing you want to do is give the wrong cover letter to the wrong person. So you can have it. You can give it in there and, and have it attached with your resumes for that specific interview. That would be okay. The other thing that you're going to want is, remember how I said to put those um, references on a shelf on linen paper? Same thing. We're going to pull those out right now, and you're going to have them with you because if they like what they hear, a lot of times they'll ask for your references at the interview. Sometimes they ask you to fill out an application and you can choose your reference list and just fill out you know, the references listed in the application. But you're going to want to have those with you. And you can even ask, hey, would you like a copy of my references now before I forget about it? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, okay. And they'll take them and put them in with the stuff, and that way they've got them. So it's a nice way to show you're on the ball. So those are the things you would have with you. Now, what, is, what are they going to ask? What's the best thing that someone's going to ask you in an interview? And you could say, well, I'm going to be a nurse practitioner working at this place, and they're going to ask me about treatment of maybe chronic illnesses or uh, how I would handle this patient in this situation or what, whatever. That's not what they're going to ask you. They may, but I, I doubt it. I strenuously doubt that they're going to get into discussing specific physiological, pharmacological questions. So I wouldn't stress about it. And if they say, do you know what you would do with this? And you say, no, I have no idea. That's an acceptable answer. You say, no, but I, I got my you know, up-to-date um, app on my phone. I can pull it out real quick and tell you. Do you want me to tell you? And they'll say, no, no, we're just checking. They want to know that you can find the resource. That's all. You're not going to know everything, but you want, need to know where to look it up. So that's one thing. Now, the other thing is with, um, with questions that they're going to ask you, you could... Um, Sorry, I'm just finally looking around where I'm driving and realize that I haven't seen that lake before. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not lost. Um, so, anyways, you could um, you could be asked the open-ended questions. That's what they want to do. They want to do open-ended questions. They want to hear you say, uh, or they're going to say something like, "So, tell me about yourself." Well, what do you say when somebody says, "Tell me about yourself"? Well, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear about my professional life, my 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 graduate degree life, my clinical experience, my job? my uh, childhood, you know, what is it? What do you want to hear from me? And so this is where pre-planning can come in because everybody's going to get asked that question. And if you have a good story that's entertaining or just, even if it's not entertaining, but it's, um, it's just a, it's a, it's a good flowing story to it. It's not chopped up. It's not, well, then I went to uh, this school, and then I went to that school, and then I went to this hospital to work, and then I went to that hospital to work, and I left that one because of this. And I left. That's not what they want to hear. They want to hear why you're doing what you're doing. Why should they hire you? That's the story. So you've heard my intro, right? That's my story. So in an interview, when somebody says, "Tell me about yourself," go listen to episode one. That's my story. And yours doesn't have to be that that weird. It doesn't have to be as wild as mine. But the thing is, is that you got to have one because you're going to get asked this, and it's canned. So canned means it's in your pocket, ready to go, because you know what's going to happen. And once you get rolling, you know what? Who knows you better than you? No one. So you're a professional in who you are. So when you go into an interview, you should be confident knowing that even if they ask you anything about yourself, you know the answer. But you got to think about it a little bit so it flows better. That's the only thing I'm saying about that. So get your story. Find your story. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you there? Why should they hire you? 
but not say you should hire me because of I went to this school and that school and uh uh-uh, wrong way to do it. You should hire me because I you know I'm independent. I mean as you, as you can see from my record, I you know I I've been around and I've done some different things, but you know I I I always strive to do more and do better. And I mean you could go on with that stuff. You if you can't talk about yourself for more than ten minutes about all this cool stuff that you do, then man, there's something else wrong. We got to work on that. And if that's the case, you need to email me at Jeff at the MP dude and we'll work on it. All right. Um, so not not joking. I'm serious. If you're struggling with that, email me or send me a comment through Facebook or whatever. So you've got your your canned answer right there, ready to go. They like what they hear. They're asking other questions, and they're they're going this back and forth. Tell me about your schooling, or what did you, you know, what kind of setting do you want to be in? And guess what? If you say I want to be in pain management, and you're interviewing for you know dermatology, that's dumb because you're shooting yourself in the foot. Why are you even there? They're gonna they're, they're not gonna hire you. They're gonna hire the three other people that are right in front or behind you because you don't want to do that. So you got to make sure that it makes sense. So if you really want to do family practice and you're interviewing in family practice, you tell them, this is all I've ever wanted to do. I don't want to do pain management or I don't want to be in a specialty. I'm, you know, I want to have more autonomy. I want the, whatever it is. Or you know what? I'm, I just really have a passion. My mom died of skin cancer or whatever. And now I've got you know, a dermatology because I'm, I'm passionate about that. Tie that in. That's, that's what I'm saying. So you, you kind of get an idea of the talking about yourself, and that's that's really a big part of the interview is the back-and-forth exchange. And then they're eventually going to come to a point, if they like who you are, you know, if it lasts for more than you know, 20, 30 minutes of talking, the chances are either they're inexperienced as an interviewer or they, um, they're liking what they're hearing. So that's good news. The longer you get to talk, good news. So they'll ask you questions like, well, what have you heard about our practice? This is where your 10-minute internet search that you use to write your cover letter comes in handy again because you can say, well, I know that it's, it's a priority for your, for your office for um, you know, high-quality care relating to the elderly or whatever it is, whatever the niche, the, the, the thing that makes them unique, unique. Um, I realize that um, you've got some quality professionals and having worked in the hospital, in the community, I have heard nothing but good things from my patients about your service, and I want to work for the best guy in town. That's you know, I mean, I mean, you're puffing them up a little bit, right? You, who's gonna? I want this guy. He likes me, right? So you're selling yourself, but you're also telling them why you why you want to be there, and you're doing it in a way without saying I want to be here because it's beneficial to me because I get a paycheck. You know, it's, that goes without saying, but that's not the reason they should hire you. So what's another good canned answer that you could end up having? So we, we kind of went through the canned of you know why you're special about who you are and what you've learned about them. Um, but there might be some other more specific things that, that they're going to do to you in this interview. And one of them is always, always, and I did this all the time because I, would, I wanted to see what people did. I would ask, what questions do you have for me today? at the end. And it's even after they talk about the practice. They'll tell you all about, you know, we've got three practitioners or we've got, you know, six MAs and blah, blah, blah. We've got so many rooms and, we, you know, this is how we do this. And, and if they're talking about that, that's a good sign because it shows that they're interested enough to tell you. Now they're selling you on why you should accept the job there. So they're selling themselves. Okay. Now what's the, the thing here that, uh, that I'm trying to get to is that if you have them ask this question, 
what questions do you have for me today? That notebook paper I told you to keep there? As you're talking, you're jotting down a couple things. A couple questions you're jotting down. And you're going to ask questions, a couple good questions, two minimum good questions at every interview. If you say, I have no questions, it shows that you're not interacting in the relationship. You're either too shy or you're not paying attention or something. There should always be a question. And even if you have no questions, have a question. Have a question canned in your pocket, ready to go. And this is where the Facebook blows up and argues. And I've seen a lot of bad advice on this. In my opinion, it's bad advice. And if you guys disagree with me, I want to hear about it on the Facebook on my Facebook page because I'm waiting for somebody to tell me I'm full of shit. I still haven't had that happen. I'm three weeks in. No one told me I'm full of crap yet. And I'm getting enough people listening that there should be somebody out there telling me, eh, I don't believe that. So what are things that you should be asking about? Should you ask about salary? Never ask about salary at the first interview. Ever. This is a professional relationship. You're just testing the waters to see if you guys fit together. The money comes second. Now, I've seen a lot of bad advice where people say, well, if I don't have a good interview, or if my interview goes good and, they, and I ask you know, the salary and their salary range is way off and I spent four hours interviewing, well, guess what? You should have somewhat of an idea prior to interviewing where you're going to be sitting with salary anyways. And if they're not in the ballpark... You need to just say, "Well, I'm sorry that you know we've we've gone down this road this far. Are you is that flexible that we can move on those numbers?" But the problem is, is that you're not in negotiations now. This is just getting to meet nice, nicey, nice, and see if everybody fits. That's all. You're not negotiating yet. And if you try negotiating on the first time, you're gonna blow it more often than not. And I think a lot of the advice on that is people that have been bitten by. You know, spending time at interviews and and not getting getting the job, but it was you know significantly lower, and they're frustrated. So from now on, I'm going to ask up front because last time I didn't ask and I wasted blah blah blah. Tough. You're interviewing. You're seeing if you fit. That's that's the way it is. Because would you rather blow it by asking what the price is, or get the job and have the price be fantastic? I, you know, I I I would rather not blow it. That's my advice. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. So there's your there's your one number one. Don't ask about that. Don't ask about benefits now. Now my, I'm going to caveat both of these. Don't ask about the 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 stuff that you get with being an employee in the first interview. And if they even try talking about it, you can ask about it. But I've I've even gone the other way, 180 from that. I've had somebody say, "Hey, do you know what our opening salary is?" And I said, "No, I don't." But you know what? We're here just to talk today. We're just making sure we're a good fit. And you know how many people appreciate that? Because you understand what the, the scope of that meeting is for. It's not to negotiate. They're not ready to negotiate. They don't know if they want you. If you if you should be a little reserved on that one thing and tell them you're interested, let's keep talking, they'll keep talking to you if they want you. So just relax with the asking for benefits and what the what's included and asking about salaries and time off and vacation and CMEs and things. If they open the door, you can talk about it, but my recommendation is to hold off. I mean, that's that's not the scope of what you're doing there. You can do that's what phone calls and emails are for later. You can do a lot of work for through phone phone calls and emails. 
So you've got your your uh, don'ts to ask about, but what can you ask about? What's a good couple canned questions about the, the company? Um, hours of operation are okay. That's a fair game. Hey, what, what time can I start? Is it okay if I start earlier? Will there be MAs available for that? Um, or, hey, uh, you know, I, I have um, uh, this training that I'm doing right now that's really interesting. Have you guys thought about branching out in that area? Or what do you think about, you know, if it's a, a, a primary practice, you know, what about me getting certified to do maybe uh, trigger point injections if, if somebody's coming in with, you know, back pain or something like that? Whatever. I don't know. I'm just making this shit up, right? But you can kind of see where I'm going with that. Have a couple questions that are in your back pocket like that that you can ask. And I always just, I, I interact with them, so I'm, I don't have a problem coming up with canned questions. But that's, you, you want to have at least two. And you want to be writing a couple things down. So when they're saying, oh, we have three docs and two nurse practitioners, and blah, blah, you can always ask this question. Is this a new position or are you replacing a, 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 uh, a position, a person that was here and is gone now? That's always a viable question because it shows why they're looking at you. Are you expanding? Do you have room? How many office exam rooms do you have? Um, you know, what's the turnover rate? How many patients do you see in an hour? You know, these are all things that you're going to get information like the process of the workflow in their in their environment. But when you're talking benefits, I try to just stay away. So those are the main questions that you can you can come into. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody personally. None of my colleagues that just got jobs were asked, to my knowledge, if they had um, questions about you know treatment modalities or medications or uh, anything like that during an interview. Now, in an acute care setting, maybe you might get get questioned like that, but I haven't seen any, and I haven't heard of any. That's just my experience. And I've never once asked um, an engineer how to, you know, show me how to design something. I did have an engineer owner of a company one time ask me, um, about a rainfall distribution curve, which was kind of funny, and I drew it, and he's like, well, that's, that's pretty close. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, so, I, you know, I mean, you kind of fall into some of this weird stuff every now and then somebody asks, throws you a curveball, but you just say, oh, yeah, this is, just roll with it. Do your best, right? Just smile, be happy, and that's about the limit of what you can do. Now, after you leave the interview, I always recommend asking for a business card. Always, always, always. If they say, oh, I don't have any on me, don't worry, not a big deal. On the way out the door, Ask the receptionist for for email and contact information because you, you want to send a, a reply back and thanking them. Even if you don't get the job, thank them for the interview because they took time out to do that. I'm, a, I'm still a big fan of linen paper and a hard copy um, letter in the mail. Not, not everybody. But I mean, if, I, if, I, if it went fast, like you went negotiations right in the interview and they're pushing it to, you know, I need you here now and I'm ready to offer then maybe I wouldn't because it's, you know, I'm kind of hooked in there already. But if I'm still not sure I got the job, I'm going to send them a note. Thank you, note, for interview, letting me interview with you. I appreciate your time. I know you're very busy, and it's important to, um, to respect their time, so tell them that you respect that they did that. And then the other thing is, is if you want that job, you ask for it. I don't know how many times I had people not ask for a job, and then, then I never get, you know, I didn't hire them. 
you have to ask me for the job. If somebody doesn't ask for the job and another person asks for the job and they're both equally the same, who's going to get the job? The person asks for the job. So ask for the job in the letter. Thank you for letting me interview with you. I appreciate your time. I am extremely impressed with your operation. You've built a wonderful business, and I would love to be a part of it. Please consider me for the uh, position, and I look forward to hearing from you soon. If you have any questions, feel free to call me on my cell phone at any time. I would be happy to come and meet with you again for any further discussions. Thank you. Sincerely, write your name. All right, so there's your template for your thank you letter. It's right there. There's a, it's worth its weight in gold right there. So you've got your, your letter, you send it to them, and you don't hear anything. When do you call them? Wait about a week. Don't bug them. If you call two days after you interviewed, they're still interviewing people. Call them back or even ask them in the interview. And I've, I've actually said it just like this. When do you want me to start calling you so I'm not a pest? Because I want to work here. And you could tell them that in the interview. And they'll tell you. They'll say, well, you know, we've got you know several other people we're looking at, and we've got interviews scheduled out for the next three weeks. Okay, got it. I won't bug you for three weeks. Or ask them, when, we, when do you want me to call you? And they might say, next week. Just keep reminding me. Okay, I'll call you every week. Done. So ask them. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. Um, what do you do after you leave? Go have a beer, pat yourself on the back, and learn from the experience because... The only way you get good at interviews, and I hate to say it this way because I've interviewed a lot. I've been in a bunch of different companies and done a bunch of different things, and, and I've interviewed people, and I've, I've just been on both sides of the table, and it's something that's awkward. It's just weird to do. It's a, it's a, it's a dance, and you have to be comfortable with it, and I'm at the point now where I can, I can kind of wing a lot of it, but I don't like to. I still like to be prepared, um, but just pat yourself on the back. It's, it's not something easy to do to go walk into a company dressed up in uncomfortable clothes and talk about yourself. We don't do that every day. So, so pat yourself on the back. You did a good job. Learn from the experience and take what you've learned from that experience. And, and if you don't get the job, ask them, hey, is there, can you point me in the direction of what, what it was that you didn't like? Some people aren't going to say anything because they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to get sued for defamation or whatever, even though it's not. Um, but some people say, you know what, I liked everything about you, but you know, you maybe you just weren't the right fit. And then you don't feel so bad, right? It wasn't something you did. It just was who, you know, it's just who you are, right? You're just wrong. No, I'm just teasing. So I hope that there's some helpful information here. It is a long one, but I love talking about this. And I've had, I've helped tons of people with resumes and cover letters. And I've, I've helped people get jobs. And I've, um, it, it's something that I, I find fun. It's just kind of neat to do. And it's always fun to talk to people and learn what they do. And, and uh, it's just kind of exciting to you know, it's starting a new new thing in your life. It's a, it's everything's warm and fuzzy and, and brand new and great, right? When when you start out a new job. So, hope this has been good. If you guys have questions or comments or want to tell me I'm full of crap, I want to hear about it. You can email me at Jeff at the npdude.com. That came out weird, right? Uh, you can also get me on Facebook at the npdude. You can comment on my Facebook page. You can uh, PM me. I've had a couple of those. Um, you can get me any way you want. You can you can find me. I'm easy to find. Give me those ideas for shows. I'm I'm uh, I got a couple good ones that I'm thinking about that are kind of back burner right now that I'm trying to pull to the front. Uh, it's going to require me doing a little bit more research, so it's harder to do in the car. And so now that I'm getting busier, it's getting a little bit tighter in time. So get in touch with me. Don't forget to like and share the Facebook page. A lot of people are sharing it. Um, but not from my main page. I'm seeing people like sharing like 
like the individual posts. Share the main page, then share the post. Tell your friends, tell your colleagues at work. This is for everybody. These are good tips, I think, for anybody in professional world. So um, don't forget you can get me on iTunes as well. And that's about all I have for today. I know this one's a long one. I think this is the longest show I think I've done, and it's on a, probably one of the, the easiest topics, right? But uh, it's been a blast. I'm having a great time, and keep the ideas flowing. Thanks, guys.